As we know, the pandemic has had the effect of strengthening um, the big, uh, well, should we call them the, the big demons in our world, the big, the fangs as they're called. Um, so th those big US uh, tech companies, um, but basically every everything that's online has done well. The online world has accelerated its power. Welcome back to the Real Issues, Real Voices, Real Japan podcast by Japan Forward. Let's begin. As an author of novels and non-fiction books, a writer, a speaker, and most notably, a finance guru, Peter Tasker is a man of many talents. His extensive experiences offer a unique understanding of Asia, which he infuses into all his work. In the roar of Japan's bubble years, Peter released his first book, Inside Japan, in 1987, offering the world a sharp critique of the ascendant Japan. By 1992, he had released his second book, The End of the Japanese Golden Era, as well as his first work of fiction, Silent Thunder. The first in a series of noir novels that attracted a strong core of followers and featured the anti-hero Mori, a hard-bitten private detective whose student radicalism caused him to be barred from conventional employment for life. Peter is currently a contributing writer with Japan Forward. His article, Japan's Pandemic Paradox, From Spanish Flu to the Coronavirus, in 2020 is one of the top read stories. And Peter has over 30 stories published with us. Thank you for your contributions and joining us today, Peter. Uh, that's my pleasure. Hi, Peter. Uh, this is Yasuo. Uh, well, Peter is uh, involved in this you know, Japan Forward project from the very beginning which is about three and a half years ago or the four years ago. Thank you for that. And uh, yeah, thank you. Not at all. Uh, and it's been, it's been great to work with you over this time. All right. So let's get into it. Um, in the end of last year or earlier this year, you published a piece about, um, it's kind of a mashup piece. If you don't mind me saying that with pop culture icon in Japan, Tanjiro Kamado from Demon Slayer, or better known in Japan as Kimetsu no Yaiba. But you also uh, mashed it with, I guess in society, most people are concerned with like the fangs, um, the top, the big tech companies. In your, in your essay, which is what I found quite interesting, you, you made those pop culture references. You also stated the differences in our society and our lifestyle because of the pandemic. And I like how the word de slaying demons was used in the essay because it can kind of refer to many things, right? Either just slaying demons of like the pandemic, the coronavirus, or like the societal press pressures that we are facing. So our question is, is how do you see the role of big tech over the coming year? And should we be thinking of this beyond our COVID cocoon lives, especially in Japan? Well, yes, I think this is one of the big topics of the world we live in now uh, has been this extraordinary um, increase in the power and influence of a small handful of tech companies, um, which um, are all American, but in fact, they're kind of borderless com companies now with enormous reach, and they have um, tremendous power to now, con I wouldn't say control, but certainly influence the way we think and the way we behave and the kind of opinions we get to read. And uh, so this is, this is um, 
a, a problem, I think, that everybody is trying to grapple with now. And um, I think perhaps over the next few years, there are going to be some big political responses. But I thought the pandemic was actually pretty influential. As we know, the pandemic has had the effect of strengthening um, the big, uh, well, should we call them the, the big demons in our world, the big the fangs, as they're called. Um, so the, those big U.S. Uh, tech companies, um, but basically every everything that's online has done well. The online world has accelerated its power, and the offline, whatever it is, retail, um, entertainment. Uh, even eating, because now we have Uber delivering all our food. That's like a mini demon. It's like uh, probably down in the uh, what, what what they would be called, and not with the the uh, the minor four, the minor five in the in the movie. You know, they're not they're not the top ranking the demons by any means. But um, nonetheless, so we cocooning uh, in a way that used to be called in Japan, as we know, hikikomori, and it was a big kind of social phenomenon that everyone talked about. But it's like now the whole world is pretty much gone hikikomori. Uh, and so there are two, I think there are two contradictory uh, forces at work in our psychology. One is fear and fear of some kind of invisible enemy that we don't really understand. Uh, and that is the, the virus. And we, there's a lot we still don't understand about it. Uh, there's a, the information that we get is probably biased in many ways, perhaps not consciously, but it, it certainly um, puts us into a tremendous panic. So you and fear is very very powerful. So I have good friends of mine who are basically in perfect health who've been kind of in their apartments for almost a year now, hardly going out because they're so traumatized by what's going on. Japan, of course, is actually in quite a good place, but you know, in, in comparatively, it's it's very mild. But if you go into Europe, there's, there's, you know, there's, there's more angst, there's more worry, and there's more, obviously, probability of actually getting the thing. So you've got that. But then we've also got a kind of human natural desire to associate with other people, to talk, make friends, get girlfriends and boyfriends, um, and have your, get your comrades at work and, you know, have chit-chat with them. And uh, personally, actually, uh, I've been going to work every day uh, and um, I'm, I'm at work now. I'm, I'm in my office because um, I kind of like it, to be frank. I mean, I said this may sound very sad, but uh, I actually quite like going to work in the morning. And uh, I, I like the chat and all, the, the kind of th the unexpected things that, that, that crop up and a lot of ideas, as we know, in, in all kinds of fields are created um, by accident or just happenstance. Somebody says something, somebody else says something and says, hey, that's good. And then you take it on. So, uh, there's a, you know, when you when you can't do that on Zoom, really. So there's a, there's a kind of um, uh, a difference, a big difference, which in, in uh, uh, my article, I, I uh, uh, 
I, I compared it to having live music, uh, going to see a band play, or just listening on your phone. You know, it's very, it's totally different experience. Not to say it's it's bad to listen on your phone. You know, that can be good too, but it's not the same. Um, so I, I think that those two contradictory forces, fear and then the natural desire to socialize because we are kind of social animals, uh, that's the way we're constructed, um, are at variance. And my belief and hope is that over time, that social sociability, natural sociability of humans will um, come to the fore and people will basically get back to normal. And it struck me that a very interesting example of that was, in fact, um, the Demon Slayer movie because it was such a big hit. And right in the middle of the year of the pandemic, you got 20 million Japanese people going to see the film in cinemas. So that was very successful. I went to see it in the cinema. I, I must admit, I also watched the TV anime on Amazon, so I'm not totally opposed to these guys. They are quite useful uh, from time to time. But uh, in, in order to kind of uh, understand the movie, I think it's better to see some of the anime first so you, you, you can kind of follow it. Otherwise, it's... a a bit, a bit mysterious. Anyway, so the fact that people, and it, it also happened in China as well, didn't it? They had a, a film there, um, which was a huge box office success. And uh, people actually go to the cinema in China. Um, and um, I think one of the reasons is, um, you know, from being a hikikomori and just watching stuff on your computer or on your phone or whatever, um, Part of the fun of going to see a film is the fact that you can talk about it afterwards with other people who've been to see it at the same time. So it's a communal event. If it's a big, if it's a big one, and you know, most people have been to see it, then you know, what do you think about it? Oh, I didn't like that bit. No, that was ridiculous. That was great. You know, so that is what that's part of the fun of um, seeing a movie and seeing everybody sees it at the same time. If you see it in the cinema, you actually see the reactions of the people around you. They're laughing. makes you want to laugh. If they're scared, you think it's scary. So there's a kind of communicable um, emotions that we all share, and it's a kind of, um, a kind of way of, um, solid, of, of, um, of expressing our solidarity, basically. So I think this is... Um, <clears throat> I think this is an important uh, event, therefore, that the people were willing to go to the cinema. Admittedly, it was in the autumn when the, you know, the spike in the winter had yet to come, but um, the cinemas are still open. In fact, I'm, I will be going to the cinema tomorrow. So I'm still going to the cinema. Uh, and I still go to, um, uh, I still eat out once or twice a day. And I, um, go and hear live music once or twice a week within the rules because they compare not uh, compared with the uh, original um, state of emergency in March and April this one is is more generous I think to to uh, ordinary activity so what I'm saying therefore is that you know we we are reaching a point where we, we cannot 
live in a kind of um, big brother world in which everything is online. There is no experience offline. Um, we've got to try and get out there and act normally and socialize. And this is obviously um, to the disadvantage of the big tech companies. And this has been an absolute goldmine for them commercially, but has also made them kind of part of the infrastructure of everybody's life now. Um, so they're in a very, very influential position. And we can see already, um, you know, with the ones that are uh, social media, uh, that, you know, th this is now a very disputed territory and who decides what is you are allowed to say on social media and not, and what opinions are acceptable and which are not. Well, um, that should be decided through somehow through the political process or through um, the uh, the courts or, or whatever. It depends on uh, the country's concern. It should not be decided by the whims of some oligarch living in Silicon Valley. That's that's pretty obvious. I found really interesting um, on your in what you just said uh, of the sort of uh, the way that our approach to hikikomori like hobbies has changed because in a sense we've all become hikikomori during this period. Um, and your final thought is, I hope and uh, I predict that uh, we will go back to offline uh, pastimes after the pandemic. Do you think, though, to some extent, there has been uh, a little bit of a demonization towards, uh, you know, hikikomori, so quote unquote, like hobbies, and this will change after uh, the pandemic? Have our tastes changed as well? You know, video gaming has become more mainstream, for example. What are your thoughts on this? Well, yeah, I mean, uh, when I say hikikomori, I'm talking really more about the physical nature of just never going out, just staying in your bedroom. You know, when I was a kid, my mom used to say, get out of your bedroom, go outside and get some fresh air. And I think that's still pretty good uh, advice. <laughs> but if you're talking about the pop culture elements like the anime and video games, yeah, of course, they're now part of our lives. Um, and um, you see people, um, you know, uh, used to read books on, 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 the, uh, uh, on the train to work. Now they, 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 they look at their phones. Um, I don't know quite what they're doing on their phones. Maybe they're reading really, really uh, poetry or something. I don't know. Could be. Um, there is a, a technological change. Can't be stopped, but it's got to be made to work for us and serve us. We don't serve the technological change. It serves us is the way it should be. Um, but what do you say about the, the sort of reappraisal of, uh, well, we're talking simply about manga um, and anime and uh, these, you know, Japan pop culture. Yeah, of course, it's now got a huge place in the world um, because um, it works for people and it's got an emotional resonance and it's exciting and it's amusing and all that. So. That's why it works. I'm not a very good gamer myself, but even I uh, have tried a game based on a Kurosawa film. Kurosawa oh. films that came out, yeah, this this uh, this summer. Um, so you know, uh, I, I could never finish it. It would take me the rest of my life to finish it. So. <laughs> 
My, 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 my son tells me it can be done in 30 hours, but not by me. <laughs> uh, picking up on what you said uh, toward the beginning, um, you were talking about uh, sort of why we go to the theaters to, uh, to see films like this. Um, and in your essay, you also juxtaposed it against uh, the sort of the, the power leaders of the world that are part of the World Economic Forum and the uh, kind of promoting that they give to uh, big tech and is uh, sort of this overall structure, uh, technical structure of our lives. Uh, and I, what I'm interested in is whether you see as, as the movie hit Japan and, and everyone just sort of threw out the, the, the three C's to some extent and everyone went to the movie theaters, the movie theaters were cleared to have people sit next to each other instead of with a seat in between. Um, and uh, this movie grossed, uh, uh, you know, made record breaking uh, profits and uh, had record breaking uh, audience, uh, both in Japan and in Taiwan. Uh, do you think that the Amer North American audiences are going to sort of reject the the, the big brother approach of, of big tech and the uh, international um, global conglomerate of, of sort of ruling thinkers and uh, just go to the theaters? How do you think it'll be received there? The, the actual film? Um, I, I don't know. Um, I think it, it's um, I, I enjoyed it uh, very much. Um, it's not going to be as much of a popular, a, a critical success as Spirited Away and those Miyazaki films uh, have been, I don't think, because it is uh, an all ages thing. And it's, uh, you know, some of it is, is, is for kids, basically. Um, but uh, I did enjoy it. Um, and the, the sort of elements of it that were so interesting to me was the demons um, are actually, you know, they, they have their reason for being the way they are. Uh, you know, they're not just bad guys. Well, of course, they are. They are bad, and you you can't you know, you've got to get rid of them at the end because you know they they they're very destructive. But I, I particularly sympathised with the guy, the demon, who was a wanted to be a writer. He was labouring away in his tiny sort of place, in his tiny uh, tatami room, and he was, he's got all his manuscript papers that he was writing, and in came the editor and said to him, your work is trash. It's rubbish. There's nothing good about it at all. And then this editor started Stamping on his manuscript pages. And I thought, wow, no wonder this guy turned into a twisted evil character. That it could happen to anybody if, you know, he wants to be a writer and he wants to, people to read his stuff. And this guy just trashes him. So that's, a, that's one example. But there are many other demons who are actually, they got a reason for being the way they are. Um, but they are the way they are, which is like uh, they're destructive and violent and they're killers. So, you, you know, they've got to go. You can you can see uh, there's a, a side of it that they ultimately um, ascend to Buddhahood, 
perhaps jobutsu, as they say in Japanese, right? So uh, uh, they they could be, you know, they, if you if you pray for them, maybe even they can be prayed, uh, or they can be reincarnated next time round as somebody or uh, uh, which is a, a much more pleasant experience than the one they had in this demonic uh, incarnation they had. So I, I thought all that was was very interesting and well done. And uh, uh, so it's an exciting story and there's a lot of killing and violence in it, but it's also a story with some sort of, well, it's almost unconscious um, spiritual content. In the States and in Europe, there is a very um, strong audience for anime. Um, but it is still a kind of subculture. So I'm not sure it will break through to the, the sort of mass everybody type audience, which it does in Japan and probably in other East Asian countries too, I think. So just to follow up on that, um, in North America anyway, at least the vaccine is, uh, is being administered and uh, there, there's a growing number of people that are getting their second shots, um, although it hasn't started here in Japan. So I don't know whether that will affect uh, the availability of movie theaters or not, um, or how that will affect uh, people's view of uh, big tech or the fangs uh, versus uh, uh, people going out and socializing directly again. But do you have any thoughts about that, the timing and uh, relevancy of that? Yeah, well, I, th I think that that's a good question. And it's really um, uh, a, a question of the kind of gradient that we see in terms of the, the, um, the, the new infections and then ultimately the, the, the fatalities. And, uh, of course, they have been much, much larger um, in, in Europe and, and uh, United States, and in fact, South America and Eastern Europe as well, uh, than we see in East Asia, it's, you know, for whatever reason, that's just a fact. So Japan, you know, they're we're talking about, you know, um, a country in which people pass away about 1.4 million people a year, and the, the fatalities due to the coronavirus about six thousand. You know, it's really a rounding error, to be frank. You know, it's not. It's it's not such a big deal. So I feel in Japan, um, the government is trying to balance the um, medical situation with the some trying to keep the economy going to in so far as possible, and hoping to do something at least with the Olympics uh, down the line. And I think that makes perfect sense in Japan. Um, and I do know that in, in, in Europe and the European countries, which have been in a terrible state, it's actually coming, starting to come down there quite significantly too. So I'm hopeful um, that people will actually be cheered and feel more comfortable um, when they see uh, the trend, that the risks, whatever they are, are trending down and that will change their behavior. I'm sure people want to go on holiday. They want to f fly. Um, they want to go to restaurants. They want to have fun. Uh, you know, they want to go and see live sports and live music. I mean, it's terrible for the musicians. Uh, you know, they, they, they can't make any money out of selling uh, CDs and records anymore because guess what? The fangs have all got that. 
Um, uh, and so what, what, what's left of them is real life performances and they, they don't have that anymore, that, that, neither. So, you know, it's awful. Awful. Peter, thank you. Uh, let's go out for the movies and concerts and, you know, uh, with the uh, pro protective manners <laughs> well, while we need to, you know, protect ourselves. And uh, we're going to talk about the big tech issues that you mentioned. This is a huge problem, I think. And uh, we'll keep continue to talk about this. And thank you for joining, Peter. And thank you for listening to Real Issue, Real Voice, Real Japan podcast by Japan Forward. Visit our website for more information on our podcast and other news from Japan. Catch you next time. Bye.